Martin Rinkart was a Lutheran minister in Eilenburg, Germany, about 400 years ago. He began a tenure as archdeacon in 1617, just a few months prior to the breakout of the Thirty Years' War, which devastated Germany and ravaged much of Europe. The walled city of Eilenburg seemed somewhat more secure and became a refuge for people fleeing the war. And the population then continued to swell as troops occupied citizens' homes, including Rinkart's. His grain and household goods were plundered. Food was scarce throughout the city. Twenty years into that long war, plague came to the overcrowded city. Of the town's four clergy, one fled and two succumbed to the disease. Rinkart was left alone to tend the sick and bury the dead. He presided over more than 4,000 funerals that year, as many as 40 to 50 a day, including his wife's. When the death toll rose too high for individual funerals, trenches were dug for mass burials. In all, 8,000 people died in the city that year. After the plague came famine. Surviving accounts say that food was so scarce that crowds would fight in the streets over the carcass of a dead cat or crow. Rinkert himself mortgaged several years of his future income so that he might continue to feed the hungry and provide for his own children, even though he himself would go days without bread. The war would rage on another nine years, like this until peace was finally established in 1648. Rinkert died the following year. His entire tenure in that city was marked by war, pestilence, poverty, starvation, and death. What makes the story all the more remarkable is the collection of poems, hymns, cantatas, and prayers he wrote during those same 30 years. His prayers and hymns are full of praise and thanksgiving to God. Not only did Rinkart give thanks in the midst of the horrors of the Thirty Years' War, which demanded great sacrifice, but his giving thanks continues to inspire others to look for the hand of God at work in the world around us in all circumstances. Giving thanks bears witness to the joy that despite appearances to the contrary, God is God. And because of that, joy runs deep. Every day holds the possibility of new life, hope, and love. If we have eyes to see, if we count our blessings, if we give thanks, if we refuse to let worry rule our lives, we will not run out of reasons for praise and thanksgiving. Those of us who try to practice a Eucharistic way of life, a life of encountering God in the church and in the streets and in creation, find this to be true. Thanksgiving begets reasons for thanksgiving. Giving 
thanks increases peace and joy. You might be familiar, a number of research studies suggest that even if we don't feel like giving thanks, the act of giving thanks makes us feel better. Research shows that gratitude stimulates the part of the brain that regulates stress and the part of the brain that produces that sensation of pleasure. Other studies studies show that persons who make a daily or even weekly habit of listing or journaling these gratitudes, their gratitude, tend to be less anxious, more generous, and more hopeful. The same is true for those who write letters of thanks, whether they actually send them or not. When Jesus tells us not to worry about our lives, what we will eat or what we will wear, to consider the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, when he reminds us that we cannot improve our lives by worrying, he is not saying, just relax, nothing really matters, or even be happy, don't worry. He is saying that we should not worry because worrying distracts us. It turns us in on ourselves instead of turning us out toward others or back toward God. Worry keeps us from seeing that there really is enough if we would only share. Wringing our hands keeps us from using our hands to reach out. Worry paralyzes us, diminishes us, distances us from one another and from God. The act of thanksgiving is transformative when it goes beyond the perfunctory and the merely polite. Thanksgiving is more, so much more than the warm feelings we get when someone has been generous or kind to us. Thanksgiving is an act of defiance. As when Martin Rinkert defied the apparent reality of despair and hopelessness by welcoming the refugee, feeding the starving, and consoling the living even as he buried the dead. Thanksgiving is a refusal to comply with any power that works against life and love. It is an acclamation that God is ever-present and that God's will is sovereign over sin and death. Thanksgiving is an act of faith in the face of disappointment, horror, and grief. We've all seen that again this week, as we too often have, as people in a small Wisconsin town kept apart by the pandemic had finally come together to celebrate a new season of joy and hope. High school bands and dancing grannies, Republicans and Democrats parading together until a speeding SUV turned their laughter into screams and their dancing into death. To gather together in this place to give thanks today is for some an act of joy. For others, it is an act of faith. And for others yet, it is an act of hopeful defiance. For some, it is a measure of all three. 
Now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices. That's the familiar opening line of one of Rinkert's own table prayers set to music. It's a prayer of devotion, faith, and holy defiance in the face of hardship and grief. We would do well to sing it today. Let's do.